0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, breaking down the signings of James Reimer and Alex Lyon.
1: You're Locked On Red Wings,
0: your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And on today's episode, guys, we're going to go over the free agent goaltenders that the Red Wings signed this year, James Reimer and Alex Lyon. Uh, and then we're going to probably finish out the episode on how do you feel about it Friday? I can't imagine we have a full 30 minutes to talk about th- these two goalies. Um, But yeah, Scotty, we're going to start off with James Reimer. I'll be honest, when the Red Wings first signed James Reimer to a uh, one-year, I believe it was one-year, one-year deal, $1.5 million contract, 17 no-trade list, I was kind of surprised. I mean, of all the goalies that were out there, I was shocked that Reimer, given how bad his year was, with the San Jose Sharks and given his age would be the guy that they would call upon to get that contract.
1: Yeah. You know, so one of the, the things that we talked about going into the off season and into free agency specifically was how to address goalie. And we had talked about, you know, you're going to have to make up your mind. You're either going to have to, acquire somebody who you think is good enough to be like a 50 50 split essentially with Huso, uh, or you're going to have to just go you know what we believe in who so for the time being let's go kind of more of a pure backup role uh, and I think with this they probably lean more pure backup uh, but and we'll get into obviously later you know that they brought in multiple they they brought in depth and that was something that last year's Ned did not have right like last year's goalie situation they may have had three goalies on the roster at one time but at, <laughs> at, at at any given you know from january to march like only one of them was pretty much a serviceable consistent nhl starting caliber goalie like i mean like ned we all know had hit, had his issues and whatnot so um it, it looks like they're they're attacking this year the goalie situation is more of a and it's like that with a lot of positions clearly as we've talked about a lot they're gonna get a bunch of depth and hope that they can make their way through the season more so than like oh we have a long-term option here I mean this dude you know this is gonna be Reimer's age 35 season he's certainly not a long-term option so they went more pure backup and I mean I'll be honest it's uh it's a, a risky backup signing i guess i'd call it a little risky like this is definitely not a sure thing i mean uh again age 35 and had an 890 safe percentage last year and and you know that that's what the first time in his entire career he's had a sub 900 like it's not it's certainly not impossible that he kind of rebounds and on a much better team i mean san jose was awful last year like on a much better team you know hopefully He's able to put together numbers that are more in line with what he's been doing throughout his career, but this is also like a like a career saving type of season almost. Like it, at his age, if he has back to back eight nineties, I have a hard time believing he's going to get a job next summer. To be honest, so like this is a, a situation where you're you know you we, we need a backup goalie and you want to stay in the NHL. Let's make <laughs> let's let's kind of you know shake hands and, and and give both sides what they want here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said my initial reaction was like, wow, I'm surprised they signed this guy because there are definitely better people. I mean, like you and I already mentioned, abysmal season last year at the San Jose Sharks. He had one of the worst goals saved above expected in the league. I, that came in at a negative 6.84 across yeah. the season, and that's just not good. Of It was t- actually better than Ville really Husso's by the end of the year, and Alex Ndalkovich's, so make note of that, but his save percentage was... A, you know, a whopping 890, which was worse than Billy Husso's, And so it's like you're trying to get a guy to come support Billy Husso, and you're bringing a guy who came off a career worst year. But that's when it, like, when I started looking more in depth on him, that's when I realized, like, oh, that was his career worst year.
1: Yeah,
0: That it was the outlier in an otherwise rather impressive career. Like, yeah. James Reimer, when people think of James Reimer, I, I still think about it when him and Bernier were fighting yeah. for control of the starting job in Toronto. But I mean, he has a career save percentage of nine eleven, and uh, a career goals against the average of like two eight something I believe, or two six something somewhere in that range. So I, I think this was a this was a gamble two eight three and
1: nine fourteen.
0: Thank you. I, I think that was a gamble by Steve Iserman to just be like, you know, you had an awful year with an awful team. Let's see if you know you go with the team that's a little bit better than your Sharks were, and see if you can put up better numbers. And that's, that's really what this is about is trying to see if James Dreimer can bounce back to his career averages. Granted, again, he is getting older. Um, but I don't think he puts up 8.90 again. And let's be honest, James Reimer is probably still an upgrade over Nadelkovich and Vili uh, Nadelkovich and Magnus Helberg uh, in the backup role. Uh, it just all comes down to whether or not he can bounce back. And that was in 43 games. He played half the games last year. Yeah. So like he's very, very capable of playing that one B role. So I think he bounces back. Um, I was still shocked that that's the goalie that they went with, but I, I he's a cheap option. He's only here for a year. I think he can bounce back and have put up, like if he puts up like a 905 save percentage as backup, that's two thumbs up for me. That's a great job. Because if I'm being honest, and we'll talk about Alex Line when we get to Alex Line, but I think James Reimer is pretty definitively the backup or 1B, whatever you want to call him in this situation. I don't think it's going to be Alex Line. And we'll like I said, we'll talk about Line when we get there. But I think this is Reimer's backup net to lose so to speak and I just I think he'll bounce back
1: yeah well he I mean he's certainly the backup I agree with I think going into camp that's the that's the mindset and that's the expectation um yeah I I I think he'll do better than he did last year for sure I mean if he's even around you know if he even posts a, a 900 you know as a backup I'll be I'll be pretty pleased and you know plays somewhere between you know 32 and 38 games or something like that I'll be pretty happy with that Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's like I said, it's far from a guarantee, but to kind of offset the inability to grab like a solidified longer term one B option in that they instead just chose the short term depth route and, and got both of these dudes on, on shorter deals and are hoping that they can, again, kind of just not patch their way through, right? Like these aren't you know, like, like for a players or something like that to use baseball terms. But like, you know, they, they they definitely are not going to be in the same boat last year where they're having to pick up goalies on waivers or whatnot. They're going to be a little more prepared in that sense. Um, But yeah, like I, I I don't mind it. I I think it's a clear indication. I mean, this is a very captain obvious statement, but like, it's a clear indication that uh, they are going to reassess backup goalie a summer from now like you're just kind of kicking the can down the road for a year and you're hoping that this was uh kind of the the best option within your price range to get to that point um but if it works then like obviously it works but yeah it's far from a guarantee too i mean again given age and and performance last year i mean there's there's no guarantee that that this works out but um yeah, uh, certainly no long-term option was out there. So yeah, this I'm, is kind of the route they they almost had to choose.
0: And I mean, they want to keep goalies on short-term deals he, from here on out too, because you would hope and assume that Sebastian Costa becomes NHL ready sooner rather than later. Right. So they're not committing to any goalie long-term. That part makes sense. That part I'm not arguing with. It's just the choice of the goalie that I was a little perplexed by. But if Steve Eisman thinks he can bounce back, then I think he can bounce back too. And like I said, trier wise, he's had very good numbers. It was just a really bad year last year. The other question is, is like, what are the splits, man? Like, do you see, he played 43 games this last year. Um, who's play. How many games did Billy end up playing with the Detroit Red Wings last year? I know he finished the year. He was hurt. Didn't think he'd come back.
1: He ended up coming back. Yeah. The back. injury makes it weird. Cause at one um, point he was playing back to backs and everything, but then he also got hurt. So
0: maybe uh, he Jusso,
1: out to a normal year.
0: Who's ended up playing fifty six games with the Red Wings last year? Uh, on James Romer played forty three with the Sharks. Uh, what do you think the splits are, man? How do you think they split that that goal? Yeah, I, I
1: think. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think a fifty five ish game season for so wouldn't surprise me. Um, maybe a little less, honestly. Maybe closer to like fifty two. Maybe it's around like that. I mean, uh. 50 games would be 50 for Huso and 32 for Reimer. So yeah, maybe maybe closer to, to that. but what 4141 is, is an even split and I, I expect Huso to kind of be the default on non-back to back. So yeah, I'd say somewhere in the 50 to 53 range for Huso, which puts Reimer at you know somewhere between like 29 and 32.
0: Yeah, I was going to say uh, about 50-30 split. Huso gets 50, uh, Reimer gets 30. I think that's a pretty fair uh, split. Younger goalie trying to get his confidence back up, but you don't want to also play him too much to the point where he gets shelled like he kind of did last year at yeah. 56 games. so But a lot of those were – I mean, he had to play and stay on stay on his head when the team couldn't help him out. So, right. uh, yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's a, a, a reasonable number for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back – we're going to talk to you guys about Alex Lyon. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. I uh, got to give you guys a fresh overlay. I have uh, because the new link is drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That NHL Network promo code still applies, but it is now drinkag1.com. But you guys got to start taking AG1 because it's the daily foundational, foundational nutrition supplement that supports the whole body health. You got to drink AG1 because it delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit, science-driven formulation of v- vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced superfoods. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps build your health foundation first. It's a, if a comprehensive solution is what you need, from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com/slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com/slash NHL network. Check it out. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Check Scotty, it out. Check it out. Scotty and I are going to start talking about Alex Lyon here. I was. We're talking about instant reactions. Uh, So the Red Wings signed James Reimer, and I go, okay, interesting choice. And then like an hour later, if that, it's like the Red Wings have signed goaltender Alex Lyon. I go, what? I'm like, (laughs) What what is? why did they sign Alex Lyon too? And then, of course, as I looked more into it, I was like, he's the Griffins goalie. Because Victor Bradstrom left the organization, and they had no one to play Tendy at the Griffins level besides, you would hope, Sebastian Kosa, but you need a guy who can play that position and play it well in case Sebastian Costa struggles because we we are looking to try and make the Griffins better too
1: (laughs) yeah this is actually like a low-key really important signing for the Detroit Red Wings because uh not only to your point you know the the being able to take a little bit of the pressure off of Costa in that move to to Grand Rapids at, at we'd imagine this season um but also just goalie depth at the NHL level, I'll I'll reiterate the point I made at the beginning. Like this is a a team that is not going to find themselves in the same situation as last year. When it comes to, if one goalie goes down, they're absolutely screwed, right? They're they're, Mm -hmm. they're not going to let that happen again. They're going to have some goalies under contract that they at least somewhat trust to plug the hole while, you know, whatever, somebody gets hurt, recovery, etc. cetera. Um, because last year they, you know, Huso got hurt and it was very, very inconsistent and sketchy, honestly, goaltending situation during that time. Uh, Ned obviously had a really, really brutal season uh, and was, and was waived at one point. Uh, and, and then like, you were just kind of left with, with nothing. And then you had to search the waiver wire again for a goalie you've already had on your team. Like that's how, you know, desperate and and thin the goalie room got so quickly. So uh, I, I think this is, yeah, really important signing for the organization, not only to your point at the grand Rapids level, but at the NHL level, like he's not going to start the year in, in Detroit, certainly assuming health for everybody, but um, there they at least have a legitimate, plan if something were to happen to one of these those two guys in Detroit to bank on and don't have to, you know, scurry and and freak out and and try and figure out a a plan on the fly.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a fantastic point that you brought up. Uh the fact that he is a strong third option for Detroit. They don't have to have that scrambling. That's because with John Lefteman also on an NHL level contract, if Something would happen to Huso or Reimer. They call up line. They can move Letheman then to the AHL to play with Cosa. So, like, it, it's clearly clear what the hierarchy here is. And in 15 games with the Pan- Florida Panthers last year, he had a 9.14 save percentage and a 2.89 goals against average. He was solid in a small sample size, the best he's ever been. I mean, he's been around, he's 30 years old. He's not a young guy. He's yeah. been around the NHL for quite some time, since 2007, 2017, when he started with the. Philadelphia Flyers but that was the best he's ever performed in a regular season so much so that he got the nod to be the starter in the playoffs unfortunately in four games with the Panthers he wasn't that great uh, right. he had a 888 save percentage and a 363 goals against average uh, and Bob took back over and we all know the tale from there but, I mean, I think he is a solid third option for the Detroit Red Wings. I, I mean, I see people on Twitter talking about how, you know, well, this should be Lyon who's the back. I'm like, let's slow down. Historically speaking, career-wise, Alex Lyon isn't actually all that good at the NHL level. He had a great year last year with 15 games. But other, outside of that, I mean, he's been kind of subpar in small, small short starts at the NHL level with the Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, but just... he's been stellar at the
1: AHL level. Yeah, you can just look at games played at the NHL level. He he made his NHL debut in 2017, and he's played 39 career NHL games. That should tell you all you need to know about who's going to be the backup on opening night. You're talking about a, like, dang near 15-year veteran who just played 45 games or a dude who's the most games played he's ever played in a season is 15 at 30 years old. Like, that's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's, and again, like, I think he's one of the most, more, under-the-radar valuable signings to the organization this year. But, yeah, as far as backup at the NHL level goes, it's going to be Reimer.
0: Yeah, there's without a doubt, that's that's what I feel like it's going to be. And he had 11 goals saved above expected this last year. So across those 15 games, he saved a lot. Like, he came up clutch for them. It wasn't just like he was standing behind good defense and, you know, he didn't have to do much. I mean, he himself provided 11 or stopped and saved 11 goals above expected, which is incredible. Like, he had a great year last year but small sample size and history speaks like we talk about how Reimer, you know, had a bad year last year and we expect him to regress the meme, which a uh, mean mean, which is typically pretty good. Um, I would expect Alex Lyon to kind of do the same thing. You know, he had a great 15 games, but I don't think that is sustainable given what we know from his career. He's going to be a stellar AHL starter. He's going to help mentor Sebastian Kosa. until Costa' is ready to come up, uh, come up, come up and make his NHL debut. Um, and if the Red Wings suffer an injury, there he is. I mean, he's here for two years. They sent him to a two-year NHL deal uh, worth $900,000. And I think I think that $900,000 speaks a lot too, you know? Uh, he's not getting a, a paid a ton of money by the Detroit Red Wings. This is pro- actually less money. Um, it is more money, I'm sorry. More money than he was making with the Florida Panthers by about $200,000, $150,000, but... You know, it's not like he's making backup money. They don't expect him to be the backup. So that's just Yeah, no,
1: but again, like this is uh this is actually having a legitimate like we're going into opening night with a third option and at goalie, the like going into the season is something we have not had in in a while. So very, very important role for sure.
0: Yeah. So don't need to dwell on it too much. That's just the situation. Reimer is your yep. backup. And Lion is your third-string goalie starter in the AHL. That's good depth. I think it's good depth.
1: Yeah, and depth was was again. I, I've reiterated this point a couple of times already, but like depth was needed. This is a, a position that um, they you know proved time and time again over the last couple of years that can get thin very quickly. So uh, I'm glad that they kind of addressed the the depth in between the pipes, even if they weren't able to get you know some solidified longer-term backup goalie.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do a how do you feel about a Friday? It's been a while since we've done that and send you guys off into the uh, weekend and in- into our offseason mode where we do three episodes a week. Exciting. Yeah. So stay tuned to Locked on Red Wings. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to do a how do you feel about a Friday? But I will admit, I don't have any questions prepared. Um, what do you, how did you feel about the All-Star game?
1: Uh, I mean, I love it, but I'm uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a baseball nerd, but I, I loved it. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Um, I enjoy the, you know, it's funny. I, I was having this conversation with uh, with my buddy I was watching the game with, and like, I love the concept in the All Star game of like miking out players and having them, you know, like talk to each other. They even had one where like two of the guys that were mic'd up were, um, like the pitcher and the batter that were facing each other. So they were literally having a conversation while facing each other. Like that was super cool. I always love when they mic up the the pitcher and the catcher so then they can kind of like the announcers will just call like an inning and just like say what pitches to throw. Like it's super cool. I actually think it got better when they made it stop meaning something, right? Like it was winner of the all-star game. Um,
0: It became more fun.
1: What well, yeah, the winner of the All-Star game, like that league is gets home field advantage for the World Series. Like that's such a massive, like massive thing. Uh that it I can't it's really weird looking back on it that it, like actually did mean something for so long. So I actually think that it it kind of made it more enjoyable, honestly. Um, when they kind of loosened up. But the one thing, and I guess I'll turn this into the the how do you feel about it on your end. The one thing I can't stand, and they usually only do it on, like, Sunday Night Baseball, they nationally broadcasted games, but they will do the mic up thing and ask, like, players questions in the middle of, like, regular season, like, meaningful games. And I'm sure to, like, the casual viewer, that's, like, a fun thing. Like, oh, I get to, you know, interview a player while he's on the field or whatever. As a manager, there's no chance no chance. And like maybe I'm just like an old school like loser, but like oh, you're there's losing. no way as a manager I'm just cool with like oh yeah, interview my players during a game. Like go ahead, have a have an interview they, like could you imagine like in a regular season NBA game like they mic up like LeBron James and they're like, "Oh LeBron, you want to ask a few questions as he's like dribbling the ball down the court <laughs> or like like they mic up Dylan Larkin and like in the middle of a shift, they're like, so what do you see in here? Larks? Like, no dude. Like, I don't know that, that really, again, like as a viewer, I don't know, I guess, whatever, it's but entertaining like as, a as a manager, a there's no way I'd be cool with that. And I just wanted your opinion on it. Well,
0: if you think that, <laughs> of course the managers don't like it. Like the managers don't care what fans think when they pull a guy who's throwing a no hitter. I right. think they're, they're going to be on board. Like they don't care about your entertainment value. They care about winning uh, baseball games. So I think it's, I think from an entertainment value, it's really fun to watch, but I also know, you know, from the wanting to win f- baseball game standpoint, that it is right. incredibly inconvenient, probably to the players too, but you know, contracts and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you have to do it, if it's written down somewhere where you have to do it, then like, I guess you got to do it. But I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just a, a grumpy old man yelling at a cloud, but like I, I just I can't fathom being on the coaching staff for that team and being like, oh yeah, like this. I'm really happy about this. Like <laughs> I want you to focus on the game being played, dude. Not answering questions about like what, like what, you know, your favorite nacho cheese is, like in the middle of a game. I don't know. That's just ridiculous to me. It is really strange. All Star Game though, original point. I thought it went well. Home Run Derby. was a solid one wasn't like one of the all-time greats or anything but it was fine
0: all right uh let's see oh what next so how do you feel about philip Zadina signing in san jose (laughs)
1: um i mean i'm happy for him man i'm happy for him i uh now that there was any doubt he wasn't gonna get an nhl contract somewhere but that's kind of like a perfect. Fit for him to be honest like he uh can go over there and he's gonna get more ice time because they're a rebuilding team that's not very good and um so i yeah i i'm happy for him that he's gonna get an opportunity to to take a step forward um am i heartbroken about the like on ice production going away no i like i i'm i'm completely fine with philip philip zedina not being on my hockey team anymore uh but i mean i'm rooting for him and i and i wish him the best still okay cool what about you
0: eh, i'm the same like good luck man right <laughs> bye good luck right i don't, like, do I don't
1: know i don't like he, he's gonna get more of an opportunity there objectively but i don't know um how do you feel about about um, I don't know. <laughs> we do not come prepared for how do you feel about it Friday? Well, it's just like every other part of the thing. show. Not how do you feel about it Friday whatsoever? How do you
0: feel about uh let me pull something from my one of my daily J's I did recently? How do you okay. feel about I-75 maybe getting carpool lanes?
1: You know, like, I mean, sure, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really tired of, I have to drive on uh, 96 all the time. And I'm just so tired of like construction on highways because that's an absolute disaster at the Mm. moment. So, um, yeah, I, I like. I guess I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like freaking out over the prospect of it. But if it means that another highway in Metro Detroit is going to have construction on it soon, then I guess. Well, that I mean, frustrates me i75 already has construction on it well yeah i mean (laughs) i75 permanently pretty much has construction on it when is that going to end isn't that like like a a...
0: 10-year project that started in 2016 so 20 oh really is it i see so if if i'm remembering i'm
1: i'm shocked it's even that close if you would have asked me i would have said like like 2030 like i Mm -hmm. thought it was like a 15-year thing so um how do you feel about the Tigers taking a high schooler over Wyatt Langford. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about any of these picks. I know there's 20 sure. something rounds in the MLB draft. And Did you
1: see everyone freak out about it?
0: Yeah, I saw. And it was then I saw your tweet about them going under slot so they can go over slot later. I'm like, oh, yeah. Baseball draft is so stupid. <laughs>
1: It's definitely way different than every other draft.
0: I feel like it's far more complex than it needs to be.
1: It's certainly more complex than any other draft, that's for sure.
0: I'm just like, well, like, it's also one of the few, is it the only league that drafts out of high school too? Like, it's just so you don't, like, you're drafting kids who, I mean, guess this is the same in every sport, but it feels like you're drafting kids who still haven't, like, really fully figured out their game yet. So, like, you could draft a guy in the first round, who, like Casey Mize, for instance, and that's a little unfair maybe because he, you know, he blew his arm out, but, like, people are saying he's going to be, like, an ace, and then he gets to the MLB lo- level, and he struggles, and it's like you just – I feel like in the MLB well, – he went it, to college,
1: no, but, like, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess that doesn't really line up. I guess my point here is I feel like in the MLB, more so than any other league, you have no idea how a player is going to pan out in the draft. You take a guy number one overall, and it's just like, whatever.
1: Yeah, no, baseball definitely has the higher – the highest bust rate in, in any draft like pretty comfortably for that reason for Lord sure. Mercy. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um how do you feel about it's your turn actually. But oh is I it? Have, I still have to think of one. Do, do, oh yeah, because you asked me about how do
0: you feel about
1: Mm, 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 mm,
0: mm. this is always tough man i love i I love our listeners but i'm sure they're dying right now uh geez how do you feel about the prospect of disney selling off all their tv assets i saw that today that's
1: really crazy to me so i'm like very ignorant on that like i don't know i don't know what i don't know like i'm not sure how that like affects everything but i mean i certainly know the impact of uh of that and and what it would i don't know that just feels like a really like big decision <laughs> it just feels like a really really big move but th- that industry is is so weird and like evolving to this point that i mean i guess every industry is always evolving but like that industry specifically is is evolving to a, a really unique point that i'm not sure anybody really knows how to prepare for and clearly that's kind of just give
0: me one service for all the sports and we'll be golden i don't want to have six different streaming platforms to just watch you know a few teams it's ridiculous
1: agreed agreed that would yeah i would pay a ridiculous amount of money a month to just have like every single sport available to me in one place
0: yeah same uh let's see uh your turn
1: um let make this last one, unless
0: something inspires me.
1: How do you feel... Wasn't there a big movie that came
0: out? Well, I know Oppenheimer and Barbie are coming out soon.
1: Oh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, I guess. Have you been, like, following all the crazy stuff that's been talked about with that? There was one tweet where somebody was like, no CGI was used in the movie, and somebody replied and said they actually nuked a place. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... There's I don't know. That movie's gonna be I don't I mean good or bad, whatever. I'm very far from a movie critic, but it's gonna be big at a minimum. I guess how do you feel about like are you gonna see either of those movies?
0: I think Oppenheimer would be interesting. I have no interest in Barbie. I don't understand I mean I understand like the star power that's behind Barbie, like Margot Robbie and is it yeah. Ryan Gosling? Like I get that, but I, I just I don't is Will understand Feral the appeal. It
1: too? There's like is a he? lot of there's i don't know there's a lot though there's a lot of like big names in it for sure i'm just like what is, what is the appeal here i don't well understand. I, so it's weird to me that it's like it's barbie but it's, what's even the movie about i haven't seen any of the trailers so i'm yeah i ignorant. i don't neither really have i i don't i don't know it's just interesting because it's like it's it's barbie the characters and whatnot but it seems to be like uh like an actual story, like with an adult like twist on it. I don't know. It's it's I, I don't know either. I'm wow,
0: kids movie with an adult twist. Never seen that before. I
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I'll see it in theaters, but I'm sure at some point down the road I will probably watch it just out of curiosity. Um Oppenheimer's interesting. I might I don't know. i I might see that one in theaters. I don't know.
0: Hmm. All right, guys, that does it. Uh We, I guess we could have spent some time and then Clem Costin, but let's save him for another episode because we're going into off-season mode, Uh, which means that from here on out, well, with the exception of next week, we'll be doing three episodes a week. We have to do uh, one makeup episode to make up for the 4th of July recording that we missed. So next week will be four episodes from there on out. It'll be three episodes a week uh, until probably late August, early September, I would imagine. We don't know for sure yet. Uh, whenever the network tells us to go back to five, we're going to give you five. So stay tuned to that. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday, maybe. If that's, unless that's the day we skip. No, nah, probably Monday. I would imagine. Well, maybe.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the three, we'll probably aim for Monday, Wednesday, Friday most weeks if we can. I yeah.
0: Yeah. Plus the additional whatever we give you this week coming up. Monday, Monday Wednesday, Friday usually is what works best, though. So, all right, we'll be back with a new episode whenever. Stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every, every day.
1: day.